It's here. It's the last day of the offseason. Hey, Florida and Missouri, they already have a game in the books. We have our weekend preview coming up this morning, and I'm going to tell you why Ole Miss is going to win the game Saturday. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And I do want to let you know that the downtime, down you can download the Game Time app, not downtime, Game Time, Game Time app to create a full, uh, account and use the code Locked On College, all one word, for twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's the Game Time app. Download it, create an account, and use the code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Also, the Rebels play the Mercer Bears Saturday at 1 o'clock Central, and you can listen to all the action with the Ole Miss home team, hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 81 or on the SXM app using the keyword Rebels or Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss Rebels will get you there as well. We're on that pot, we're on that um, platform as well. You can catch us if you want to do that as well. So anyway, why Ole Miss will win the game? Ole Miss will win the game because they are a significantly better team. It's that's not exactly something or not speaking out of school, but we're going to do these why Ole Miss will win episodes, even no matter who they're playing. When Ole Miss goes to Georgia, we are going to do this episode, and there's going to be people online freaking out, thinking I'm making a prediction and trying to throw this back in my face as if that matters. It's going to be quite funny. The Friday episodes, the Why Ole Miss Will Win episodes, usually do really well for when you account Friday episodes. So let's look at this real quick to get into the numbers of it. Ole Miss plays at 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Central on Saturday on ESPN Plus and SEC Network Plus. You can see down in the FPI matchup predictor, Ole Miss has a 99% chance of winning. That means... Just so everybody knows, if they played this game simulated 100 times, 99 of them will be won by Ole Miss, and then one will be won by Mercer. That's that's what this means, probability-wise. And obviously, it's an SES program. Obviously, it's not somebody that is exactly what you would like to see. I much preferred last year opening with Troy and then going to Central Arkansas in Week 2 than opening with an FCS opponent. There's a scrimmage element of this. There's a mindset problem element that could come into play that could cause them to look sloppy whenever they come out the gates. I, I like coming out and have somebody that can at least get you at the very beginning. That's going to increase your urgency in fall camp. It's going to make you practice better. It's going to up the anticipation for game week. This week, while the Mercer Bears, they're good, they – they were ranked in the FCS preseason poll at like 22. Last year, they had uh, they were scoring like 50 points a game, got beaten double overtime in their finale to Sanford, like 57 to 55 or something like that. They, they can make plays. They're going to make plays. I just don't think they can make enough of them. 
And that that's not an insult towards Mercer. Lane Kiffin, I think I saw a stat yesterday on Twitter that since 2000, Ole Miss is averaging 511 yards per game. That's second to Ohio State nationally, offensively. That's multiple quarterbacks. That's a four-year sample size, basically, at this point. Is our three-year sample size. And I, I don't know if an offense that explosive, if Mercer will be able to keep up, as explosive as they are or can be. They did not look good against North Alabama, but you have to a little bit look back to what they did last year as well. It'll be interesting to see exactly what they do. I expect this game to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 52 to 3. 52 to 10. Now, the things we want to see in this game. Um, I'm recording this before the information comes out, but Caden Priestcorn might not play Saturday. He might play, but in a limited capacity. But the information and final determination has not happened by, by the time I record it. Michael Trigg obviously is going through, I guess you could say, Michael Trigg things at this point. So tight end-wise, that becomes a little bit of an experience-gather-thin problem. If you're looking at Hudson Wolf and Kyron Heath as your two number one options at the tight end position. Now, the benefit is if one of them builds up confidence and looks pretty good, whenever a priest corn comes back, this tight end room has become really, really legit. Okay. But we do need somebody to come through. And Kyron Heath, uh, I've, I've heard that the staff is raving about him um, and his work in fall camp to where I think. Like I said, they do not give out depth charts. They famously did not have one in the media notes on Monday. But if you listen to people talking about it, Kyron Heath was kind of running too tight end to begin with. He had made it there. Hudson Wolf, he was a lottery ticket going into fall camp. He might be a lottery ticket that panned out, that is paying. Michael Trigg has not been that guy. It, it's, he's still on the team. But there's just weird things happening with Michael Trigg. Some players do not know the difference between coaching and criticism. And if they take criticism, um, take coaching as criticism, all of a sudden they're going to be offended if they get told to do anything other than what they did originally. And that is just a just a terrible mindset that is honestly destined for a train wreck. But Hudson Wolf, lottery ticket that's paying off pretty well right now. You have Kyron Heath is doing pretty well. When Caden Priestcorn comes back, if he can get back for, I, I want him to play in, for, in the two-line game. If he has to have surgery, he'll have to miss that game as well and will not practice again until at least Georgia Tech. And he probably won't play, into a, play in a game until Alabama. And from what I am just deducting all over the internet. So there's some players that have the opportunity to be next-level type contributors and to expand their role going into Tulane when they play next week and it's hotter than the surface of the sun. And all of that in New Orleans, you have a chance to make a mark to where they just remember you right offhand. That's pretty cool indeed. Um, defensively, I want to see – I want, like I said, I, on my keys to the game, I want Mercer to run for less than four yards a carry. 
I want the defense to create explosives. They need to get to the quarterback. They need to sack them. It needs to look like a FCS versus FBS game there at times, even if they are rebuilding. Remember, Ole Miss has 20 players on the senior bowl watch list. 12 of them are defensive players. That is more than the starting number on the field. They can only start and play 11 at a time. They have 12 on the watch list. So there's some talent on that side of the ball because what the senior bowl watch list actually means as a college all-star game is this is their shortlist player for the NFL that they want to look at. These are all people that NFL programs like, hey, we need to, we need to look at that kid. We need to see him. And now that kid has a chance to put more film on tape playing at a higher level, like Isaac Ukwu stepping up from James Madison to Ole Miss. John Saunders stepping up from Miami of Ohio to Ole Miss. Deshaun Gaddy from North Texas. Those guys, this is going to be really big for them moving forward. And you also have other transfers that are standing out and are ready to take a step this year, like Jared Ivey, honestly. And then you have the singular player that is on Ole Miss's starting lineup that Ole Miss actually recruited, and that is um, Cedric Johnson, who is – turned out to be a really good defensive end. But defensively, I, I want to see an organized unit. I want to see some explosive plays, and I want to see them to clamp down on the Mercer running game. That's what I want to see. I do not want them to run, over two, run for over 200 yards. I do not run, want them to run for over four yards a carry. Specialists, I, I want to see the punting team play pretty well. These are all things for wins. So whenever I talk about why Ole Miss wins, these are things that I need to see for Ole Miss to be considered a win in this game, that they should win the football game. Should be really interesting. There's players all over the place. We have to wonder about tight end and what's going on there and how that is going to look. Wide receiver two is a position of concern in the non-conference. Either Jordan Watkins, Braylon Brown, um, Aiden Williams, um, those guys have to step up. If somebody does that, um, Jalen Knox, I always forget Jalen Knox. I do not know why I forget Knox. But offensively, I need to see all of that. I want to, I want Quinshawn Judkins to play about a quarter and a half and get off the field. I want it to be 28-0, this game to be over with, essentially, and to get him off the field and put him in bubble wrap. As much as possible this year, you need to put him in bubble wrap. And it will be really, really interesting to see what happens. And then you got the young players. We're all looking forward to seeing the newcomers. But the newcomers and the young players really are going to like get people's attention as the season moves forward. When, you know, Suntarian Perkins, Aiden Williams, A.J. Brown, uh, Caden Lee, who is getting into the rotation a little bit. And then transfers like Monty Montgomery, John Saunders already mentioned, Zamari Walton, Deshaun Gaddy, J.J. Pegues, who was here last year, but he's actually going to be playing three technique. You know, Josh Harris, um, Stephon Wynn, year two of Jared Ivey. Those players are going to get eyeballs from Ole Miss fans that actually care what's going on. And the reason I say actually cares what's going on in the second segment of the show today, we're going to talk about why this happens. Um, and by this, I mean why the media and everybody blows up 
um, about a quarterback um, competition and Lane Kiffin not naming that quarterback. We have all articles from all over the place. We've got Google Trends. We're going to tell you all about it and when we come back from that. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Game Time Sports app, for sports ticketing app. You know, in 2014, Alabama was coming to town. Game day was going to be in town, and I wanted to go to that football game. At that point, I decided I was going to go. I know, that's my fault. I should have been looking through the crystal ball of when I was going to get to Oxford, but I decided I was going to do it. So I bought a couple of tickets to the game, it was close to $500 total spent. And it was unbelievably stressful to try and get that. Because once I decided I wanted to go, you had to figure out whether you could go, what it would look like, where you would sit. All of these unknowns had to come together for what you hoped was a special day. So buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Just click, click, you're there, done. It's got images of your seat view so you can see exactly what it will see. And it's got the lowest price guarantee, events cancellation protection, and even job loss protection. That is pretty cool. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. They send them straight to your phone. You don't have to dig through your email or anything like that. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College. That's all one word, Locked On College, for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College, all one word, for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also, with the LSU game coming up, that has a potential to be an expensive get. So game time could be um, an avenue for you with this $20 off promo to get into the LSU game if you want to do that. College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. Central to 12 or noon Central, on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including mine. You can tune in there and catch it there. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On hosts covering their team. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Also, tomorrow, catch the hometown broadcast with David Kellum and the crew as the Rebels play the Mercer Bears at 1 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Eastern. You can catch every play of the game with David Kellum and that hometown broadcast on Sirius XM Channel 81. Or on the SXM app, searching Rebels. Or you can do Ole Miss, or you can do Ole Miss Rebels. And we are on there as well. So you can, if you want to listen to the podcast there, we are there. All right. So yesterday we did a show that was basically completely about this quarterback competition. And the reason we did that, just a little inside baseball, is we are locked in pretty well on trends, okay? Trends are a big portion of what we do. It's not just what people are talking about. People always talk about the media 
is stirring up something or the media is doing something. The media is sensationalism. The media, media is hyperbolic. And all of that is true, okay? They, they take a seven and they make it a 10. And that's just the way it is. It's all about communication and language to get your attention. But that why they're doing it is not just because they've chosen to do it, okay? And it gets to a certain point, and I have to start to pay attention as well. And I've taught quarterbacks, heck, more than just about anybody over the last year because people watch when you talk about quarterbacks. So let me bring this up real quick. Now, if you look at the stories that came out yesterday, this is from the AP, the Associated Press, Darder Sanders, number 22 Ole Miss open season against Mercer with the quarterback quandary. Yeah. Another one, what's the delay in the official starting quarterback announcement from Ryan Kiffin? That's from Sports Illustrated. And what Lane Kiffin, what Ole Miss football coach Lane Kiffin said about his quarterback competition ahead of the Mercer game? Quarterback sales. And if you look at this, we mention trends from time to time, and, and I'm a focus on trends. And basically, if you search on Google, Ole Miss Rebels, I just put Ole Miss Rebels in the turn, and you can see that at the top of the thing if you're watching this on YouTube. The number one related topic is quarterback. Now, why is that? Most of the people that are searching, searching um, Ole Miss Rebels then goes in and search quarterbacks, Ole Miss quarterbacks. And it's such a large number. If you look at the spikes and the data that goes on, just a ton of people are searching quarterbacks around Ole Miss. And that isn't a media necessary creation. It's a fan base creation. It's a general purpose um, search situation. And I'm as tired of it as anybody. I'm ready for it to be over and I'm ready to be covering football. I mean, that's what I want to do, but people cannot uh, ignore the numbers that are coming up currently. If you search Jackson Dart, the number one related search is Spencer Sanders and vice versa and quarterbacks and Ole Miss Rebels. If you search Lane Kiffin, it comes up quarterbacks at the moment. It's everywhere. Everything surrounding Ole Miss football is quarterbacks. And whenever those trends happen, You have to pay attention to them. And they are going to be people that are just as sick of hearing about this as I am. And you can see them in the comment section of people that do that. Now, there's some people in the comment section. There's there's multiple types of fans and not fans that you find in the comment section. One is the, let's say, the Lane Kiffin lifer. And if you disagree with anything he's done, you are not a fan. You are a bad person and you should be disavowed from everything Ole Miss. Those fans are usually in the comments section. The other one is the Eeyore-type fan, to where everything is either going wrong or is going to go wrong, that you are being way too optimistic, and somehow you have control of jinxing this. Those are two types of fans that always exist in comments sections. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, But the reason I bring that up, they have – two different reactions to the same thing when we talk about this quarterback competition. Now, like I said, we all want it over. I've given, I've litigated this for the last six months. I'm through talking about it until the pregame show. 
But I do want people to understand that whenever you hear things, the media is doing this. That 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 is a common thing. The media is doing this, and I am not a fan of the media. You just turn on any of my podcasts. I am not a fan of what they do. But understand that the media only does what you are doing, what you are watching. They're not breaking news anymore. They're basically trying to figure out what you care about and hitting those points. That is what's happening. That's how they sell subscriptions. That's how they get clicks. Those things happen at that level. So whenever this is happening with the quarterback situation, it's going to make their job easier if they do that. They Otherwise, you're, you're swimming against the tide. You're swimming against the stream or the current. Um, so just pay attention to that as well. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk about where Quinshawn Judkins sits in the NIL evaluations in the Southeastern Conference. And it's up there. We'll tell you what it means. Stick around. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And Quinshawn Judkins, we're going to put this up and go pretty quick here. Quinshawn Judkins is ranked fourth in the SEC currently in NIL valuations and is close to a million dollars. The players that are on the list for those that aren't watching this that are actually listening to it, number one is Nico Imaliava. He is rated at $1.1 million. He's the one, I think, that is getting the um, decently chunked um, NIL deal that we were making fun of before Jaden Rashada got his then eventually did not get his. Second's Evan Stewart from Texas A&M, good receiver, $1.1 million. Number three is Spencer Radler. He's over a million dollars, which that one kind of like, I'm like, okay, what's going on there? Number four is Quinshawn Judkins at $971,000. Number five is Joe Milton. That is two Tennessee players in the top five, and that's important, and I'll tell you that why in just a minute. He's at $840,000. Number six is Jarquez Hunter. Good for him. The kid from Philadelphia up at $785,000. He should not be ahead of Rocket Sanders, but he is. Um, Rocket Sanders is next at $745,000. Number eight is actually the best football player in the Southeastern Conference and Brock Bowers. He's at about $730,000. Then you have Malik Neighbors at $718,000. And number 10 is Kool-Aid McKinstry at $708,000, even with having a product in the name. So that is the top 10 list currently in the SEC. And Quinshawn is at $971,000, inching closer to that valuation of a million bucks. Now, why is this important? Why did I just put this up? And the day before a game, why am I talking about this instead of talking about the Mercer Bears and things that are going up? Well, I'll tell you why. This list is an important list. And granted, it means nothing. It's completely made up. It is just like PFF rankings. They do not have the... um the bandwidth to do what they claim to do, but they're doing it and people are listening to it, which means the evaluations become real, even though they're based on next to nothing. I hope that makes sense. So on three is essentially an NIL company. It's disguised as a fan site company like scout and rivals were, but it's actually an NIL company that 
they are pretty heavy in that space. They want to own that space. And they do things like ranking players in the conference on their NIL valuation to establish their market-leading self in the NIL reporting space. They're going to be the leader of that side of college athletics. It's, it's going to happen. Whether the numbers are real or not, it does not matter. If you're going to get in the comments and tell me those are BS numbers and they can't possibly know that, yes, I know it doesn't matter because this is what's going to happen, okay? The next Quinshawn Judkins is going to pop online and trying to figure out what he can get from whatever school. Um, and because money does matter when it comes to college recruiting, it's not about loyalty. It's not about sitting on the bench. All of that is out the, it's out the window. I've talked about 2008 thinking all the time. Now in this modern age, and especially in what NIL is right now, you can't think like that. You can't, you have a situation that every year you can end up losing 40 transfers. You could, you probably won't. But you could. I think Ole Miss lost 30 last year. So players that are looking at NIL, they're trying to figure out which school has the reputation of paying, which school has the re reputation of not paying just as much. Remember the Jaden Rashada situation at Florida last year? Um, Jaden Rashada, actually, I think he got named as the starting quarterback at Arizona State. That's pretty cool. But they're looking and trying to do the research because here is the weird thing about college athletics in the NIL world, okay? Professional athletics, like true professional athletics, they have things like injury reports and salary caps, and they publicly disclose their salary. And all of that goes in, and they build a nice, solid product that everybody can, I don't know, ingest. But in college, they don't talk about injuries. They can't mention NIL because um, somebody's making more money and they're worried about the problems it could cause. It's not public knowledge. You have multiple entities outside of the university that has a financial stake in who you are playing with. The university is not play, paying that kid a dime itself. It's a weird situation. So in the world of NIL, players are going to look to see something that is completely opaque that you can't see through. They're trying to see through to know exactly what they can get, if that makes sense. This is a long way to tell that story. I know. I apologize for that. It's Friday. So the next Quinshawn Judkins, whenever he looks online, trying to find figure out what school A has promised them, if this is real or if this is not real, first of all, he's going to talk to his friends, if he has any friends in that area. If he does not have any friends, he's going to go online and try and find examples of where that school paid out. And this is where Quinshawn Judkins being fourth on that list is important for the University of Mississippi Ole Miss. Ole Miss being on that list is going to tell high-profile recruits that they can make a bunch of money at Ole Miss. Whether or not it actually happens, like I said, this on three thing that they're doing with evaluations doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's not real. But it is real in the fact that it is going to get eyeballs and it is going to influence opinions. That is how it's real. Not the actual number, but on three is saying right now that Quinshawn Judkins is, can, can make nearly a million dollars at Ole Miss. 
That is what a 2025, 2026 recruit is seeing right now. They're seeing that Tennessee has two players in the top five. Ole Miss has as many players in the top 10 as anybody but Tennessee. That is what recruits are seeing right now in this age of NIL. This is also why it's important for the Grove Collective and Ole Miss to be cutting edge and to figure out how to maximize what they're doing until regulations can kind of slow this down a little bit. But that is why that's important. A, congratulations to Quinshawn. He deserves every dime. I, I hope his valuation is actually real and he gets over a million dollars at Ole Miss. But as for Ole Miss and as recruiting goes for Ole Miss, that valuation is probably 10 times as important as actually being real. So understand that. Why we think Ole Miss will win, we went over that today because Ole Miss has a better team. Um, and also we talked a little bit about the media cycle and when people talk about you know the media as being hyperbolic and all that. So we just talked about trends a little bit in the media. And we talked about why Quinshawn Judkins is valued at nearly a million dollars by on three. So that's pretty cool indeed. So anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Football season is here. Sirius XM, Channel 81, SXM app, Ole Miss Rebels, search that. It's, it's here. We, we are going to toe, – toe is about to meet leather, and I can't be more excited. Anyway, hotty toddy.